Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right race fans let's get rowdy the next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only racing from the third tracks of the carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega. No race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. All right, everyone. Welcome Thursday night edition of the Rowdy Maglite Show. Uh, guys, big weekend coming up. Today's this evening's show, guys, we got Steve Lewis Jr. calling in. Uh, Steve was at Daytona, raced at Talladega. We're going to talk a little bit about his Super Speedway experience this year in the Arkham Menard Series. And Terry Norm, as he always calls in when he goes to uh, Dover, guys, and gives us his uh, aspect and update on the Xfinity race at Dover, guys. And we'll have the winner of Monday's race, which was postponed because of rain over there in Dover. Martin Truex, guys. So uh, here at uh, 5.07 Eastern Time, we got uh, Steve calling in. And uh, Steve's running, making some runs in the Arkham Series, guys, this year in this cup. Uh, got back for one crazy race at, Day- at Talladega and did the race at Daytona. But the Arkham Menard Series will uh, be in Kansas, guys. I'd like to welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show calling in tonight. Back from Talladega Super Speedway, Steve Lewis Jr. Welcome, Steve. Well, thanks for having me. So, Steve, you got you got Daytona down. Pretty decent run in Daytona. Third, what, 13th at Daytona? Yep, 13th. Then you move on. The di- what, what did you think the difference was between the two tracks? What were the differences? Uh, I mean, Talladega's wider. A little less grip, I think, in Talladega than Daytona. Um more bumps um back stretch there's a bump going over the tunnel going into turn three and uh other than that um i mean size wise it doesn't feel much different i mean it's not much bigger but uh yeah that's about it so there there is a, a little slight slight difference now and that's actually going into turn three and where they built the new tunnel through yeah, you can feel it, the bump a little bit there. Um, I would say my car probably got most upset actually in the tri-oval. Um, got a little loose in the tri-oval when I was in the draft. But uh, 
the turn going down the back stretch in the turn three, it, it would upset the car a little bit with that bump, but not not bad. Nothing that I'm not used to in a dirt car. So Steve, is that the same car you had at Daytona? Or at Daytona? It is the same car. Yeah, um, we just we had a couple couple issues. Um, I feel like the car was faster in Daytona. Um, we made some adjustments after Daytona and got it better. Um, just few uh, unfortunate um, fortunate problems right off the start. Um, had some issues with our radios. Uh, uh, couldn't hear the spotter very well. So came down pit road, tried to fix that. And then uh, after after trying to fix that, went, went to go back on the track and uh, we had a battery uh, connection issue and uh, screen, the whole dash went off as I tried to went, go back on to take the green and uh that put us fifteen laps down right off the bat. So that was frustrating but uh it happens. It's crazy how those little small things like that play such a big part in, in racing. For sure. I mean stuff that you don't even think of checking like the radios just because they worked in practice the day before and uh you know, just just simple things that you don't even think of checking um, things that seem to happen seem seem to go wrong. So for next time, for sure, they'll be uh, they'll be on the checklist before uh, we go out. So it's only a second race, and uh, you know you learn you learn as you go. So so did you have any drafting help? That's the biggest I think the biggest concern you'd have going into the race is drafted yeah so uh like i said i I, we made a few changes to the car uh seemed like the car like when i went out in the 15 laps down i was still uh you know trying to stay in the the back of the the back of the lead draft just to uh you know feel out the car see what i had uh just to learn the car like i said it's my second time in a asphalt car base i mean like an asphalt full-size car like that on a super speedway so you know just wanted to go out there get some experience and uh you know as a racer you're always trying to uh compete even if you're 15 laps down you want to you want to beat i mean i finished 22nd so i mean it's better than 34 so you're always you know always trying to compete get better um you know at least get your sponsors some time on tv hopefully or something like that well you know steve you just touched on it it's uh when you what was thinking about and dreaming about being a race car driver you never dreamed that you'd have to be great at, at speaking and appearances and you know stepping out front it takes a lot to be a race car driver in, in today's racing world isn't it for sure i mean we're we're a really small team i own the team um and uh you know we don't have any full-time guys like it's basically me and my dad in the garage working on the car every night and uh between that and the dirt car i race up up north and uh you know between now having two cars it's an every night every night thing in the shop so uh just you know just have to work hard at it i mean you get we get home from work at five or six o'clock and go out to the garage and work till about 11, 12 at night and do it all over again. So, I mean, I would love to just, 
uh, you know, fly down like some of them guys. And, you know, we're, we're driving the hauler overnight doing from the track but i guess it makes it a pretty cool you know that you're able to uh that we're able to compete at that level you know with our small team and uh just have a couple you know me and my dad and then have a couple other friends that help out and come to the track to help us uh, on race day that's got to be pretty special to be able to spend so much time with your dad for sure i mean not many you know not many people are spend that much time. I mean, if you weren't involved in racing, right? So uh, racing makes it uh, definitely a lot more uh, possible to spend time like that. Um, and just, you know, you learn a lot being working on the car yourself, I feel like, and, uh, you know, uh, set up and everything. Um, I feel like as a driver, if you work on, you know, if you're working on the car, you can, when you're in the seat, you can, uh, you know, feel maybe what adjustments you need, stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, it makes it more special if you're able to, uh, you know, I think do the whole, do the whole thing. Like I drive the hauler down there and back and, and the driver as well for the car and main sponsor. So I feel like that's pretty special. Who'd you grow up looking up to Steve in the racing world? Uh, my dad raced locally, so I guess I would have to say him. Um, I guess I don't know. I didn't. I guess NASCAR wise, I guess. Um, I don't know. I was, I guess, a Tony Stewart fan, and uh, I guess Ryan Newman. Ryan Newman's also. I'm a mechanical engineer, and so is Ryan Newman. And, uh, you know, just to, he has a lot of passion for the sport as well. Obviously, you know, good, uh, hard to pass, tough racer. So. Uh, I guess those guys. Yeah, Ryan Newman, man's a a really nice guy. I mean, he he's a great racer and he cares about humanity. I'm telling you, really the rocket man. I missed him in NASCAR. I got to see him at Daytona this year and speak to him just a minute. Yeah, I feel like you know our, um, you know my story and just going, you know, working hard you know, becoming a mechanical engineer and just, uh, you know, just keep working hard to, uh, you know, eventually buy a car here to run the ARCA series and then uh, see where it goes. I mean, right now I don't have any races planned, um, you know, for the rest of the year. I'm looking at a couple, um, probably some mile and a half. If I were to do anything, mile and a half would be uh, what I would, uh, what I have circled um yeah. not a, sure what what tracks yet um couple couple on the calendar probably uh charlotte would be one um pocono would be another one um probably those two possibly the later kansas state so i guess between those three would be uh one i would choose from uh three great tracks right there that you know to me arca with the diversity of the two dirt tracks, two road courses and the short tracks and the super speedways. And, and like NASCAR, the cup, they start out with the biggest race first. It's, it's amazing. This is, uh, I like the series a lot. I've enjoyed running with, uh, like the plan was only to run Daytona at first. And then I, you know, I enjoyed it so much that I, you know, decided to, find a couple of sponsors, go to Talladega and still working on 
sponsorship for the rest of the year. I would like to run a lot more if I could. Um, it's just tough with, uh, you know, having a small team and, uh, you know, it's not an easy travel schedule to run a lot of those races if you have a full-time job as well. But uh, it was, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I feel like uh, dirt races would be cool, um, but I, my car's a speedway slash intermediate car. I'd have to right. make some adjustments for for intermediate tracks. So uh, right now with the one car I have, that's basically up pretty much limited to that unless I want to make a ton of changes. Yeah, I would I would say the only good thing about the dirt when they do go to the dirt, it's usually back to back races. So you you've got the one car ready for the whole two weeks of racing. Yeah, I mean we'll see what the, the future holds. But I I mean I wouldn't I would like to run the whole series eventually. I mean that would that would be pretty cool, but that, like I said, that um, that entails a lot of a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, so we'll see. But I've enjoyed it so far. Plan I plan to keep doing it as long as I can. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you want to, Steve, give the guys back at the shop to help you put this deal together. A shout out and your sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my dad, of course. Uh, my mom, my sister, my whole family. Um, and we have uh, Talco Construction, Jeffrey Machine. Um, we have Just Signs and Designs, Advanced Design Group, Dowdy Consulting, and um, No Hugs Raceway. Um, I believe, I believe that's all of them. All the all the Jeffrey, all the Jeffreys that come and help me at the track. Um, Jeff Anstead, everybody that uh, helps me in one way or another. Um, everybody that helps run my social media page for me when I'm busy at the track. So everything, everybody that helps in one way or another. Hey, Steve, if you would tell everybody where they can find you at on social media sites. Yeah, so I have a Facebook page, Steve Lewis Racing, and then uh, – Instagram, uh, Steve Lewis 11, and uh, that's about it. Steve, man, appreciate the time tonight. Thanks a lot for calling in and talking about your Super Speedway experience. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Steve Lewis, guys, Jr. All right, hold on just one minute, everyone. We got our next guest called in. I just got to get it up back up on the screen. Um, thanks to Steve for calling in tonight. It's those guys that makes ARCA who they are. All right. All right. Is that you, Terry? Yes, Rowdy. It sure is, buddy. All right, everyone. I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show, Terry Norm. Welcome back, Terry. Hey, thank you, Rowdy. Uh, it's my pleasure being on your show. Uh, I always enjoy listening to you guys, your show, you, Kyle. Uh, 
Love, love listening to the racers calling in. Different variety of racing, uh, different tracks. Uh, uh, Rowdy and I talked about three, four years now and met up down Homestead. And uh, we've been talking racing, and I call in every now and then. I live, I live about an hour from Dover, Dover, Delaware. Great racetrack. Um, Rowdy always, uh, we get together and like to talk about the uh, Xfinity race, and I like going down on Saturday. Uh, so we went down for the A Game 200. Uh, so how you been, Rowdy? Doing all right? I, I tell you, so blessed. You know. When you said back in Miami, it's amazing that the people that we made it racing that actually sticks, Terry. You know, you meet such great people. Yes, you do. Um, that's a big part of racing. Uh, Rowdy knows I'm a drag racer. We enjoy our drag racing, my family. And uh, it's it's a big part of our life. Um I'm real close. I'm 10 minutes away from Cecil County Dragway and uh, quarter-mile racing, eighth-mile racing. Just always loved drag racing. I have a 66 Chevelle. I bracket raced it for years. And uh, my son's into it. Dad was into it. Brother's into it. Um, Now, getting older, my grandchildren enjoy it. And uh, just love racing. It's it's the competition. It's uh, when you work on the car. It's just getting that little extra edge to keep the car consistent. Um, getting it down the track and trying to put the wind light on, you know. So, uh, hey, uh, I'll go down the starting grid and start off. Uh, we headed down to Dover. You guys that watched it on television or went down to Dover, it was it was a kind of a mess Saturday morning. Um but man it, it we left here in Fairhill, Maryland. It was kinda of drizzling. Getting down into Dover it started clearing up. There was some cloud cover and it uh no rain whatsoever at the racetrack that day. Uh during racing. So the green flag was about one thirty-five in the afternoon, uh, 48 car on the pole, double zero, two, 27 on down, uh, 48 car, Parker Clemmerman, Chevrolet, gave the green flag, and uh, right out of the gate, double zero car pulled out about five cars. Track was green because we had a lot of rain Friday and uh, Saturday morning a little bit, so the track was green. Um, Double zero car pulled out about 10 cars right out of the gate on lap two. Um, First car caution, car 51 spun out, turn two at lap six. That was the first caution. And uh, green flag, Number two car out by five cars at lap ten. Guys were guys were they were behaving themselves. They didn't you know they wanted to get some rubber on the track, uh, get some bite down on the track before they got too aggressive. Um, 
lap 17, 40, 43 car, in for four tires, clean grill. Uh, lap 19, 78 car, right front, front tire went down. That was the second caution. Um, good racing, a couple of cautions there. No muddy got tangled up too bad. Uh, lap 20, all cars in. Right after that, caution for four top tires, some fuel. A um, few wedge adjustments, just a few. Green um, flag, lap 23. We're moving along here. Could you tell um, the racing was getting better by then because they'd done wore a set of tires out by that point? Yeah. Yeah, they were they were they were a uh, few of them were going three wide in the corners. You could say I'm getting a little more aggressive. Yeah. Um, you know, getting some getting some bite on the track. Yeah, getting that rubber down. You could say it. You know, Dover, all concrete, one mile track. You can see it. You can see the rubber getting laid down on the turns. You know what I mean, Rowdy? I do. That's why I like it. concrete. Yeah, like you got a visual. Here. You got a visual advantage. You can say it. You know, you're right. starting to get some rubber on the track. Uh, lap 34, car 19 was out in front. Uh, so you got all your favorites: car 19, car two, 20 car, 21 car. Um, so stepping up to lap 45, you know, Ryan Truax, 19, 19 cars out front, 20, number two car. Uh, we had some good pit stops, lap lap 49. Uh, paying attention to that car, 19, now, because we know he's getting aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, 19 car. Ten for four tires, Snowco racing fuel. Uh Green flag at lap 52. Uh, 02 was out front. No, 02 cars out front. 19 car was second. 21 car third. Uh, 19 car, he gets right out front again. Pulls out in front. Some little bit of three wide racing once again. Um, uh, 19 car was just just pulling strong. Just good driving. Good combination under the hood. Uh, good setup for the track, diving diving into those turns, coming out of those turns. Uh, like you said, Rowdy, track, I really noticed I took some notes here. Uh, track's really getting some rubber down, running a little tighter in the corners. You know, they're running a little lower. Yeah. You know, making a little shorter distance around that track. Um Lap, lap 62, fourth caution, uh, 48 car. Uh, Parker Clemmerman got tapped in the back on the back stretch, left rear. Uh, so took him a little bit to clean that up. A few cars in, pit stops, lap 67. Uh, I noticed number four car took some wedge adjustments, four tires, uh, 43 car. 
So we're at the uh, green at lap 69. 19 car going out again. You know, after this far in the race, he was just really getting aggressive, Rowdy. He he kind of knew what he had to do, and he was he was leading quite a bit. Um, and don't forget, that's his home track. Nineteen. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm telling you he's what, right Terry, that's a fast car right there. That car's won some races right there. If they can keep that thing alive, I believe I could win a race with. <laughs> it, I, we've watched it the last couple of years. It is a fast car. So uh, that's a Joe Gibbs car, right? That's a Toyota. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, look, Joe Gibbs. I mean, let's let's talk about that man for a minute. I mean, everything he's done. Hey, hey let's talk about him in drag racing years ago. I mean, yep. he was involved in drag racing. Uh, just just has the talent to put the right people in the right spots for the right job. Right, Rowdy? He, he absolutely has. He's won championships in football and NASCAR. Football, NASCAR, drag racing. I mean, that guy, just just a class A, uh, you know, act. And now uh, got his grandson, Terry, involved. It's already in cup and... It wouldn't surprise me if he won a race this year because he's been up in the pack a few times. But, Terry, I tell you, when you follow him, he's done established him a group of boo birds. I mean, he gets the, he gets the boos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, I'm you know, looking here. Good drivers. So here's, here's some notes. Uh we got the number 18 Toyota. Now, this is all Xfinity. Sammy Smith, Joe Gibbs owns that team. Uh, Ryan Truex, of course. Now, how about uh, John Hunter Nemechek, the number 20 Toyota? He's That's a Joe Gibbs racing team, right? It is. Um. You know, it's kind of cool. I'm a little older, so we look at these guys, these team owners. Uh, we got a Stuart Haas racing car here, the number 98 Ford. Uh, that was always a good team, Stuart Haas Racing. Yes. Um, uh, JR Motorsports, they got quite a few here now, a couple here. Uh and you got Stuart Haas racing, like I mentioned. Look, the number the the double zero four Cole Cluster Cluster cars out of California. And, yeah. Uh, so he was he was number two on the starting grid. So, like I said, Stuart Haas racing is another good team. So Terry, you know, I think they first had that race slated on Saturday to be the Arca Menard series run first and then Xfinity was going to run second. And then I think because of the weather situation, they went on and put the Arca behind that race. It would have probably been a better Xfinity race to start with if it had rubber laid down, wouldn't it? 
I I totally agree with that. You know, you are correct. They ran that other race after the uh, two hundred mile Xfinity race because we were we were heading back to the car. Um, we had we had our grandchildren with us, uh, yeah. granddaughters and some friends, and you could hear them out there going at it. I mean, it only took them. Uh, I'd say 20, 25 minutes, and they were out on the track racing those cars. Um, and I have to say something. You know, I, I'll tell you, families that want to go to a good race, and I'm sure there's many other tracks like Dover. You know, my grandchildren got in. I believe it's under 12 years old. They get in for free. 12 and under. Um, that is correct, right? On Saturday, that's correct. And Sunday is like $10 for a seat for a child. It's, uh, I think so, Pocono's still free on Sunday, but I know some, the other NASCAR tracks charge $10. And that's not a bad for a child. That's not. That's a pretty good price for a seat. You know, it's, it's a good family get-together. I mean, my wife and I got in for... You know, it was $47 a ticket. Took our two granddaughters and some friends. It's just a it's just a good afternoon of racing, excitement. Uh it was an excellent crowd as always. I've never I've never ran into, you know, I've never ran into to, to bad people down there, you know, carrying on too much um a lot of kids, a lot of ladies enjoying racing. It's it's just a lot of fun, you know. Uh, so kids enjoy the race? Oh, they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. Uh, I know they slept good that night. That, you know, it's just <laughs> a lot of excitement. So it was a great day. So uh, Let's move on here. Rowdy, we want you to come up to Dover one of these days. and uh, I want to, Terry. I, I, you know, it's got to get on my on my list. I'm slowly getting around to them. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Dover, Dover would be a good one to go to. It's a good one. It's a good one. I got uh, Kyle I'm, has had the – he's doing he, – he covers a high school sports. He's usually on with me tonight, but – he hadn't got out of the out of the game yet, so Kyle still he, he's got an ar- article he writes in the local paper on the, for the high school, so he's trying to get that ready for the night deadline, I guess. Okay, yeah, I want to run into Kyle one of these days down Dover or up at Pocono because I he lives well, up yeah, in the Pennsylvania. He does. Uh, he lives about ten minutes from. The track at Pocono. That's yeah. on my. I'm, I've got Pocono and Watkins Glen. I got to get to this year. Last year I didn't get yeah. to go to neither one of them. They were on my list, but sometimes you have. <laughs> I'm gonna say mechanical problems got canceled last year. Sure, but, sure. Terry, I mean, you plan on you, you had a great experience at Dover, so you highly recommend it. Any other track this year you're thinking about going to? Well, my son and I, some family went to Daytona one year. We'll never forget that. Uh, 
course, Homestead. Remember that? That's where we met, and that was uh, the championship. That was real. Homestead's a beautiful track. I'm hoping that Um, gets to come back in four years, Terry. Maybe they'll rotate that a little bit. And I understand yeah. why the East Coast, the West Coast needs a little excitement, but let's give you four years and let's give us four years, you know? Well, I, I want to share something with everybody. You know, the drag strips are closing up, and uh, it's still in the same thing. You know, you Old Bridge Township up in New Jersey, English Town, what a great drag strip. And I guess the community... The homeowners complained about the noise. I, you know, I don't know all the particulars. And then you have track owners, and um, you know, it closed up. I guess about four years ago, five years ago. Um, the the racing, I mean, it's alive and well in certain areas. Yep. And in other areas, it just doesn't. You know, Rowdy. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, some of the areas, that, what gets me is you've got a track that's been there in the 40s and people bought a house there in the 70s. Guess who was there first? You know there's a race car track there. I mean, I... I Amen. I know. Don't don't go... If you don't want the smell of garbage, don't go by next to a landfill or chicken house. <laughs> they yeah. were there first. I, I don't know, Terry. Uh, you still got your car. You, you got plans for for it? I, I still have my 66 Chevelle. Um, yeah, it's ready to go. My oldest son and I are talking about maybe bringing it out uh, here this, this summer, maybe next year. Um, I'm excited. Um, so just... Just so everybody knows, it's a, it's a bracket car. It runs 10 O's at 131 miles an hour and a quarter mile. Old 66 Chevelle with a 406 small block in it. Um, aluminum heads, uh, run alcohol through it. It runs pretty good for a heavy car. Uh, power glide with a trans brake. Transmission brake, you let go of a button on the starting line. 513 gear in the back. So RPM wise, and uh, RPM wise, it goes through the traps, the top end about 75, 7600. Um, so you racers out there, you guys know I got a pretty tall tire on it, almost 30, 32 inch tall. So that all that all ties in with the transmission and the gear ratio for that RPM. But it works pretty good. Um, you know, it's a small block Chevy, so it can it can take a, a lot of RPM up top. But yeah, we we always get out and spectate, and I know racing racing guys, my racing buddies, we get out of the drag strip at least every other week, hang out, see some events. It's a good time. It's um, uh, you know those times are the next generation is just not automobile savvy. They, I, I, they just don't get it. I don't think, uh, Terry. I, I, I'm, I'm feared for a sport. Well, I think you know, getting back to the tracks closing up, and you know, the fans not being there. I, 
I agree. The younger generation is just not as mechanically inclined, and they don't enjoy the cars or the motorsports like like a lot of people did 20, 30, 50 years ago. Um, you know, you had – it's just times have changed, you know, with uh, computers – the technology and the way right. these kids are brought up, they're not out in the garage working on their dad's car. You know, even if it's a show car, it's just kind of a fading uh, hobby. Uh, and we talk about that in drag racing. Um, we're worried about, you know, Sometimes you get a drag racer and, you know, the the sons involved or the grandchildren, but a lot of times they aren't. They don't, they don't have an interest in it. Um, you know, Rowdy, that when I was young, that's all I thought about was getting my license. And, uh, my first car was a 68 Camaro with a 327 in it. And man, that's all I thought about was working, making money, doing good in school and making money. So I had gas money uh, to go cruising on a Friday or Saturday night. Now kids, it's you know? the thing, don't even want to get their driver's license. I saw that on the news this week. Yeah. A lot of kids, the percentage... A lot of kids aren't even interested in getting their license till they're 18 or 19 years old. Um, I, I don't get it. I I guess we're showing our age, maybe, Rowdy. I don't know. It's I I tell you, at I, at 13, well, really between 13 and 14, I was riding on dirt roads <laughs> in, in, in a car, a 63 Chevrolet Post, a three-speed, two-tone. It, it I know. Nice car. I did yeah. something And, you know, we didn't have insurance. Nobody sued. Nobody, Sue didn't move into the neighborhood until a lot of years later. And that's when everybody started getting sued, so you had to have insurance. Yeah. I but it was know. a great day. We, I, I go to I tell you the, the track that I see that brings more youth is Atlanta. You walk around there and you see a lot of parents who bring their kids to the racetrack. That's, okay. That's my my personal observation. Atlanta has a lot of kids that show up to the racetrack, and, and that's who we got to appeal to. They got to fall in love with racing and love these drivers. Drivers got to make yourself more accessible. Uh, we got a county fair right around the corner here, up here in Fair Hill. It's a Cecil County Fair. And when they have the tractor pulls, the truck pulls, the demolition derby, now, mind you, this is a royal area out here. It's kind of horse country and farm area. But the good news is you see a lot of these young kids on those tractors. They got a greasy old hat on. They got cowboy boots. They got their jeans on. And you can tell they're farm farm guys. They're farm guys. 
and they turn wrenches, and they, they like the sound of the engine, and they like competition. And that's kind of what racing's about, you know, these dirt tracks, these midget tracks, and there are a few young adults that that do enjoy it and, and you know, enjoy it and stick with it for a while. They enjoy the competition, the friendship of, between racers, and they just have a good time doing it on a Saturday night. Um, and that's why we race. <laughs> that's why we race. That's why you you have this program. We we try to spread the good news and the enjoyment, you know. Um, but hey, let me. I got time to run down this list. We'll bring you we'll sure bring it do, Terry. Absolutely. So uh, let's push it up to one eighty one. Lap one eighty one. Uh, 190, 19 car out front, 2 car, 8 car, 7 car. All your favorites, 98 car. 19 car, Ryan Truex was running low in the corners, mid-track. The car was, like I say, it was getting some rubber down well into this point. Uh, He was was out in front by about 10, 10, 12 cars at this point. Um, so he took the green flag, green flag at uh, 3.30 in the afternoon. It was car 19, 8 car. 8 car was running pretty good, 7 car. Um, just a good, good race. His home track, like we talked about. Um, don't forget, Josh Barry Carr was driving that eight car. He did real good last year, Dan. I think he he may have won that race. It's been a little bit while, but he's got a good team and he's a good driver. Uh, seven car, Justin Allgaier was third, um, and it was just a good day of racing. I watched some of the interview for Ryan. He was out of breath and so excited to win that race. And uh, he could hardly talk. He was out of breath, but he did do a pretty good interview once he got calmed down. And uh, another good day at Dover. And then his brother ruled the next day. How about that? Two brothers sweeping the the weekend race. Isn't that something? That that really is. Well, they raced on Monday, right? They raced on Monday, that, uh, that race. Yeah. Is that what, Rowdy? Yes, it was on Monday. It was on Monday. Okay, yeah. Um, we got Dover's just a, Go ahead. Dover's just a fun, fun place. There's, uh, you know, it's easy to get to off of Route 1. Um, if you're up in the Northeast, it's a, it's a good track to uh, have some fun at and see some good racing. Always good to hear from you, Terry. Rowdy, I appreciate you having me on your show. I, I was kind of hoping Kyle would be able to meet you there this year, but he's he's tied up at work a lot. So, you know, yeah. it's hard to get help. You got somebody that shows up, they always count on you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But after we get after you get off Terry, we're gonna play uh I think Coach Gibbs and True X also in the deadline room, so Okay, uh, Rowdy. Uh, I'll let you go then. I appreciate everybody listening and uh I appreciate you having me on your program here, Rowdy. Hey, Terry, appreciate it. Uh you get to track drag racing, send us a video and let's we'll post it up on our site. Hey, sounds great. I'll do that, Rowdy. Uh, just text it to you, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that'll work. You got it, brother. Have a good night, Rowdy. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, guys. We'll see you later. Monday morning, guys. 9 o'clock Central. 10, Rowdy morning. Good afternoon, everyone. We are going to continue today's media availabilities uh, with our our winners. We've got a few uh, team members from Joe Gibbs Racing. We've got crew chief James Small and team owner Joe Gibbs. Congratulations to both of you. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we will get a mic over to you. We'll start here with Zach, and then we'll go to Marty and Bob. Zach Sterniello with NASCAR.com. Coach, first for you, St. Martin uh, back in victory lane here. Um, uh, what does it mean to see him end this 54 race win the streak, especially here at his home track? It was huge for all of us, really. Martin is just James. They worked their rear off last year. There were so many times that we thought we had a race, and it was a late caution or something happened to us. And when that happened today, I went not again. And so great call by James to get us out with two tires. But really, Martin, I just got to tell you, James will tell you this. Martin may be the the calmest, rational athlete I've ever been around. He handles everything that so just in the right way in our meetings and everything. When bad things happened last year, he he never got upset about it from a standpoint of rationally talking to you. He's just a he's a great person and a great athlete, I think. So that meant a lot to us. And then obviously Ryan got the win here on Saturday as well. So what, um, this is his second stint with your organization. What have you seen? What's different about Ryan? You know, over a decade later than the first time he was uh, behind the wheel of one of your cars. Yeah, I, I thought it was great for the Truex family. And to have the dad here and everybody celebrating, I think, you know, obviously it's a first for us. Never had, uh, you know, two brothers like that uh, win races on the weekend. But we would love to have Ryan in the car. He does a lot of simulation work for us. He's a dedicated young guy. And it's just, as everybody knows, it's hard to get sponsorship. And so we work our rear off. And I talked to Todd Moore. He called me. Uh, from the, <laughs> right after the race on Saturday, and we committed to work hard this year to try and get Ryan in more races. All right, we'll go to Marty. Marty Sakala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. James, for you, I guess, uh, what'd you, what, what was your reaction when the caution came out and uh, the, idea to take, the idea to take two tires uh, over four? I was like, yeah, not again. It was like... <laughs> Seems like it always gets us, but uh, yeah, the two-tire call, you know, given there were still only eight people on the lead lap, I thought there was others that were going to do it, um, you know, especially like the 12 in a situation just like us, and 
I was a little worried. I didn't think, even though we had the gaps and the spacing and everything with the other cars, that even in a straight fight with the one on pit road, that you know their crew was exceptional. And I thought, you know, on four tire stop, they would probably beat us, which, given the times, they probably would have. So uh, that kind of made it a little easier as well. And I just, I just knew if we could get the lead. Uh, we could clear out there, even though we had a lot of laps on tires. So, and it was definitely helpful that you know the 12 and, and the 20 also run the same deal. So, yeah, it's just great to see. Coach, for you, uh, your grandson, Ty, had a great uh, run going as high as the top five. I'm curious what you thought of his performance, too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I was really proud of Ty. Uh, we had a fueling issue on that last stop, and we didn't get enough fuel in the car. So that's the reason why we had to start saving fuel and put him back. Or I think we'd have had all of our cars top ten today, which is so exciting for us. We've been a little off. Uh, everybody knows that. We know it. And so this was a big deal for us today for our race team and just uh, appreciated all of our teams fighting the way they have uh, to get the year started. So uh, just talked to all the Toyota guys also, and they're thrilled. It's just It means so much to our sponsors. Johnny Morris, yeah, he put Martin on live to his entire company <laughs> from the winner's circle at Johnny. I love Johnny. And so for racers and uh, and auto owners, it's just so important for us. Sponsorship in this sport is huge. You can't race cars unless you get great partners. We'll go in the back to Bob. Yeah, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. I have one for each. Uh, James, there was one point in the race where you and Martin were kind of chirping at each other. Uh, is that just normal, or were you like, oh, we've gone a little bit over the line? Uh, it's normal, you know. <laughs> I'm fairly emotional. But uh, I was calm all race, but he was killing me through the middle there because, uh, you know, it's hard. He can't see what's happening in the race as well with the other cars and the lap times and everything. And, you know, I think he thought that, you know, in that, that second stage there where we ran longer and all that, that, you know, we actually lost a lot of time. But, you know, we gained time and you could see where it was going to go. And, you know, obviously we came from the back after our issue on pit road and, uh, you know, all the way up to fourth in that stage. So, you know, we had a plan and stuck to it. And, uh, yeah, I, I already apologized to him for getting on his ass. <laughs> and uh, for Joe, I, I assume you probably already started talking to Martin about next year. How far do you think or how important is winning a race, do you think, to trying to convince him to keep going? You talked about was that normal? No, it was Abby normal. What movie? What movie? Young Frankenstein. Come on. What's wrong with you guys? It's the best movie ever. Abby, Abby, Abby normal. <laughs> no, these guys, they go at it every now and then because they're so competitive. But um, what was the question? <laughs> the, the question was, I assume at some point you're going to have to try to convince, yes. convince Martin to, to continue next year yes here's how much do you feel like a win helps uh in convincing him if at all i think it's huge and we are constantly talking to martin about next year we want him to stay with us as long as we can convince him to do that i think the best way of doing that is winning races or have a chance to win a championship i think that's the best sales job we can do are there any final questions for coach or James, we'll go in the back, the red, and then we'll we'll wrap with that uh, with Marty. 
Eddie Kalegi, Motorsports Today. Uh, this question is for Coach, kind of circling back to Zach's question. Uh, obviously, Martin Truex winning this weekend and his brother, your grandson in a car for you. And last year in the Toyota camp, Kyle and his brother, Kurt. So how much of an embodiment with your team and just in general in recent years still shows that NASCAR is truly a family sport? Well, I think it is a family sport. Everybody in here knows it. We all travel together on the weekends. Uh, and so when something bad happens to a family, which has happened to us, the entire NASCAR family rallied for us and twice. And I appreciate that so much. And so we're just thrilled to be a part of it. We love it. You know, we're going on 32 years for us. Our family, I think, always wants to be in this. I got grandkids coming, and two of them are already on the race teams and after it. And so it's a huge deal, and I think the NASCAR family is tight-knit and pulls for each other, and they love great weekends and great stories like this. We've got one one last question from Marty for, for James, our coach, and then we'll move on to Martin. I keep the mic because uh, I got one from Martin in a bit. But uh, James, one more for you here. Um, I want to. I want to know. I'm curious about the two lap undercut you guys had. I see you two are having fun. Um, but James, uh, the final green flag pit stop, a uh, two lap undercut. What led to that? Is it with the fact that you know track position really important in a track like Dover? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was watching the laps count down there and, you know, just you watch the cars around and what lap traffic we're coming up and, you know, it was just so hard to pass. And uh, I knew we were, like, right in our window where I thought it was going to be okay. And, uh, you know, I just made sure we waited to the last minute to, to call him and uh, to make sure that he couldn't get down there as well. So, you know, it, it worked out. All right, Coach, James, you guys are good to go. Martin, congratulations. Big, big weekend for you, your family. Yeah, thank you. Um, unbelievable weekend. Um, you know, love coming up uh, up to here, up here to Dover. It's been an awesome track for us over the years, for me and, uh, you know, our team. Um, you know, it's amazing to get back to Victory Lane um, at my first home track. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously a special weekend for the family with Ryan winning Saturday and, and his first Xfinity win. So um, pretty cool to be able to do that. And, uh, get added to that list of brothers that have swept the weekend. Um, super special and um, definitely really, really happy, thankful to my team and all of our sponsors, Bass Pro Shops and Auto Owners and Reesers and Toyota and TRD and everybody that uh, that makes this happen. And feels good just to finally, finally put one all together. Um, we've had some real heartbreakers in the past year or so and, um, you know, feel like we give away seven, eight, nine races in that time. And you just never know when the next one's going to come or if it's going to be the last. So I'm excited about it, and hopefully, uh, you know, we're going to enjoy this one. Awesome. Congratulations. We'll go ahead and open up for questions. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll start with uh, with Zach in the corner over here, and then we'll come down here to Mark, and then Bob, and then Marty. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. Martin, congratulations. Um, you end this win the streak. You talked about what it means for the family. Um, what are the emotions, or I guess how emotional of a weekend has this been, Given um, your you end such a long winless streak, you see your brother. It finally. isn't that long. <laughs> that's, I that's mean, fair. come on, fifty-four races. I've went way longer than that before. You were winning quite a bit before such that. Such a long winless streak. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> it's only one thirty-two of these things now. You know. 
Um, <laughs> you guys. It's really, really hard to win these races, okay? Well, that's what I mean. And so to, to, to break through that barrier for yourself and then see Ryan do it on the same weekend, how emotional of a weekend is it? Yeah, no, it's it's super awesome, you know, honestly. It's it's very special. And, you know, I'm happy my dad was here for, for that. So just, you know, really cool. Ryan's been through a lot. He's really worked hard. And, and um, you know, he's gotten beat down and knocked down a lot and, and been through some tough times uh, that, he's, that he's had to, you know, kind of persevere through. So I was just really happy for him. Um, and, but like I said, yeah, I mean, it's, there, you know, it's not a, it's not a long list of brothers that have swept the weekend in NASCAR racing history. And, you know, to be on that list with some of the guys that have done is, is really, really cool for both of us and, and our whole family. We'll go down here to Mark and then in the back to Bob. Mark Garrow, PRN. Martin, what's the most important aspect of winning this race? You've got the win with your brother. You got your fourth win at Dover. You end a not so long drought. Um, you make the playoff. Of those, what's the most important and, and why? It's really hard to say. I mean, I think they're all important. You know, um, it's hard to it's hard to pick one. Um, you know, these races are big. They're hard to win, like I said, and all that stuff is huge. You know, for our team, for our partners. Um, you know, for for our family name, for what it means, and you know, um, being part of the sport. You know, to to get another Truex and Victory Lane in, in a you know, top tier series is, is amazing. So they're all special. They're all important. They all mean a ton. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you can just pick one. It's, it's all very important, but, you know, last year after missing the playoffs, that one's, that one's pretty big, you know, um, miss it by three points, you know, I mean, we were fourth in points at that point in time and we missed it. It was a real gut punch. And, uh, you know, especially after how many times we felt like we were capable of winning races or should have won races and, um, just had a lot of tough luck, so um, yeah, just just proud to be able to do it, and and it's always good to win. What does it mean to win this early in the season and get that part, given what happened last year, off your back? Yeah, I mean, you know, we started with the clash win. It was really big for us. I know that uh, it's not a points event and everything else, but just for us, you know, with last year really struggling on short tracks and. You know, I feel like we put a huge effort together this off season to be prepared for this year, um, to talk so, you know, to really put it in effort and talk about the things that we needed to do better from last year. And, um, you know, I think our whole team was really motivated uh, to get better and to do whatever we needed to do and really communicated a lot about the, the things that we needed to work on. So really the clash was a big deal to get, and um, it gave us a lot of confidence. And even though our season, you know, up till the – the past couple of weeks have been really strong, but up until then it was a little, little up and down. We still had a lot of confidence and, and felt like we were going the right direction. And I said, you know, I think it was this week that I feel really good about where we're at and I feel like we're ready to break loose and get on a run. And um, here we are. So I'm glad that I glad I was right about it. And, um, you know, we've got some great tracks coming up for us and, and a lot of confidence now and locked in the playoffs and we can, we can get aggressive and have some fun. All right, we'll go to Bob, then Marty, and then Stephen and Davey. Uh, Bob Hockris, Fox Sports. I have two. The first, does this make coming back for this year worth it, or do you not equate that with wins? No, I mean, I think in general it's been worth it the whole time. You know, I feel good about, like I said, I feel good about our team, where we're at, and what's going on. So, um, I mean, I'm still having fun. So that was, yeah, that was definitely uh, the reason. Um, 
a win and doesn't hurt, that's for sure. You know, it feels great. It's always good to win, and, you know, this is the best feeling you can have in racing. So um, it's hard to say. You know, we won now, so I can't say if we if we didn't win all year, then how I would have felt about it, you know. Um, but glad I'm back, and I was glad before this weekend even. It's been, it's been going good. I've been enjoying my team and uh, working together with those guys. They've been doing an awesome job, and, um, you know, it's been fun. And... I know you, you joked that it wasn't all that long a streak, but were there any thoughts of like, man, I I might not win again? There, yeah, I mean, there always is. You never know, um, you know, when your last win's going to be or what's going to happen. Uh, you know, certainly in those 54 races, there's certainly a bunch of them that we probably should have won or had the best car. Or, and you know, I think as as tough as that is to swallow when you those heartbreaking races happen, um, it keeps you motivated it keeps your mind like okay yeah we know we can do it right like if the belts don't fall off the engine we're going to win darlington if you know if we didn't use a set of tires in stage one at richmond we're going to win you know richmond so it's like you have all these these races throughout that period that it's like okay we were good enough to win we should have won it's not like we can't do this we just need to put it all together uh and that kind of it's kind of like that carrot dangling out in front of you you know you know you can you can get it you just gotta gotta find a way so uh yeah, it definitely helps to be running good. If you're not running good and you're not challenging for wins and you're not leading laps, then, yeah, it's it's like you don't know when it, if you'll ever win again. But other than that, it's um, when you're running good, it, you know what's going to happen eventually. We'll go to Marty. Marty Scala, Rock Sports Net Race Pro Weekly. MTJ, congratulations. Uh, going deeper on the family side, I know your dad was emotional when Ryan won. But now that it is a Truex weekend with you winning today, uh, what was your dad like when you do, when you two talked? Yeah, obviously excited, you know. Um, it's hard to read him. He's pretty quiet when he's at the track and all that. But, you know, just obviously really excited, really proud of, uh, you know, his, his two sons going to victory lane. So he, uh, he, he got the chance to race here one time, and it scared the crap out of him. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I gather out of it. But uh, really, really cool that, that um, you know, Ryan and I both were able to win. So, yeah, very neat. Want to ask you as well about uh, the battle with Ross Chastain throughout the race. Where did you feel like your car was better than him, and how hard did he make you work for it? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, throughout stage three, um, you know, we fired off there. We got the second. Both of us passed the 24. I almost had a, I almost had him pass before, we got, before he passed the 24 for the lead, I feel like, and then I, I made a bad decision there. Uh, and then he got by the 24, then I followed him. And I was just kind of in his tracks there until the green flag stopped, really. I could get, you know, I could get two, three car lengths, couldn't get any closer. And I felt like I was a little faster than him. Um, but he was just, you know, moving around on the racetrack to take the air away from me, and, and I, I wasn't going to be able to pass him. So really the difference in the race was the green flag cycle, jumping him by two laps or whatever we did there, uh, coming out in front. That was the that was the difference. Um Felt like our cars were really equal, and whoever got out front was going to have the advantage, and that's really what it came down to. Um, but it was a good race, and, and um, you know he did he did a good job, and you know we just kind of kind of got him on pit road there. We're going to go to Stephen, then Davey, then Tom. Uh, Stephen Stump, FrontTrust.com. I have two questions. Obviously, we discussed uh, all the different things in play this weekend: breaking a not so long streak, uh, brother Ryan winning. You've had a lot of great weekends in your career. Where does this rank among them? Man, it's up there. Um, I always have trouble 
you know, kind of separating wins and what means the most here or there. And, you know, I can't even pick favorites when it comes to tracks or dinner. So um, <laughs> I don't really – I just try to live in the moment, honestly. I try to enjoy each one of them. They're all special. They're all important. Um, this one's been awesome. Aside from being bored all weekend sitting in the bus watching it rain, it's been an amazing weekend. I wish it was – I wish it was Sunday instead of Saturday because we, you know, or I mean <laughs> Sunday instead of Monday. But, you know, we waste a lot of our life sitting around um, in this sport. And, you know, when you have days like this, it makes it all worthwhile. And uh, the second question is, and kind of with, you know, how emotional this weekend must be, you said you guys are going to celebrate a while. How long is the celebration going to last until it's back to work for the next weeks? Uh, a little bit of work tomorrow, but, you know, I'm going, uh, I got, I got some friends that are having a bachelor bachelorette weekend and my cousin is fiance and then a bunch of friends and some family and I'm going to meet up with them somewhere for a couple of days. So uh, we'll have plenty to celebrate. We'll have a big time. Right. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to go to Davey, then Tom, and then right here in the middle. Hey, Martin, Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, you were talking about the winless streak and kind of joking how it, it really wasn't that long. Did it feel as as long being over a calendar year to you? Yeah, I mean, it felt long. It feels like it's been a while, um, no question. Um, but again, I've I've been through a lot longer ones, so you know, it's not. It's it's easy to stay motivated when you're running good and you know you can do it. It's just as simple as that. I mean, um, yeah, it felt like a long time, but you know, it's over now, and we can go try to get some more. This is pretty big for James, too, obviously. Um, he was kind of joking in victory lane, saying that everybody can stop tweeting him and telling him that Cole should replace him. Yeah. Um, you guys <laughs> obviously have a unique relationship. Sometimes it comes out in profane ways over the radio. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think this means for James specifically in terms of where he's at in his career? I think it's good. It's always, you know, it's always good when you make decisions like he did to, for it to work out so you're confident. Confidence goes up, and next time you're not you know, second-guessing yourself and – He's had some rough breaks, i got to tell you. He's had some tough breaks in, in the past year uh, on the on way things have played out. And um, it's a tough job sitting up there and make those calls. And, you know, it's uh, a lot of times it's a 50-50 deal to, you know, like today, two or four. You know, if you're the leader and you do four, then somebody's probably going to take two. What if you don't win? You look like an idiot, you know. And, uh, you know, Richmond was a tough one too, We, you know, to, to – pit in the first stage and and take a set of tires and and it comes back to haunt you with 20 laps to go to the complete end of the race that's a tough one too so he's had some tough uh some tough breaks and some tough luck but um it's always good when you make a decision like that and it plays out just for confidence we'll go to tom and then come right down here tom bowles front stretch and cbs martin congratulations um i just thank wanted you. to thank you're welcome uh just following up on ross a little bit you know, you said Ross did a good job down the stretch. I know you guys got into it a little bit here last year. When you have a driver that, that, that's that aggressive, does that enter into your mind at all, or did you just treat Ross as just another competitor today when you guys are fighting hard for the lead there down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, you just you know, you just know who you're racing and you know what they're probably going to do in certain situations. So, um, you know, it definitely helped to know that. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there was we were just racing. There was nothing really going on. It's it's so hard to get close to each other with these things. Um, you know, we really never even raced side by side. So it was more just nose to tail, um, kind of cat and mouse game. We'll come right down here and then go back to Zach in the corner. Hey, Martin. Tim Nolan from Delmarva Sports Network. First, congratulations on the win. And you know, I know you said that everyone's special, but 
to do it just over two and a half hours from where you grew up in Jersey and to be your fourth now here in Dover, how cool is that for you? It's amazing. Um, you know, this is one of my favorite tracks. I love coming here. Like I said, uh, a lot of a lot of friends and family come to this track, and I feel like we have a lot of fans up in this this neck of the woods. So um, it's been one of my favorite tracks for a long time since I first came here um, back in like 2002 or, or 2001, I guess it was. Um, so just yeah, excited for sure. And um, I think this is the first track to clear three wins. I think four is the most I've had at any one track. Um, and you know, we've given away a few few over the years here too. So really cool to have, uh, you know, have my name up there with some really some really legends of the sport on on having you know more than three wins here. I think there's only a few that have that. So it's super special and um, means a ton. Go to Zach. Uh, you and Ryan Blaney ended up restarting next to each other on that final restart. Obviously, he's he's in the midst of a winless streak as well. Um, I assume that doesn't really enter your mind, but what what was that that battle like because I mean you guys were pretty even for at least a lap and a half there before you cleared him yeah it was quite a battle um he got a great restart uh, I you know side by side through one and two I couldn't clear him side by side through three and four it's like and then you know finally on on the second lap after the restart was able to clear him off of two I got in I got in really hard way up the racetrack so he had plenty of room to shoot around the bottom and get back under me but then off of two, he got tight and had to bail out of the gas, and we about touched. Like, it got really, really close to uh, to making contact. He had to bail out of the gas, and that was that was the end of the story. But, um, you know, I, I have always really enjoyed racing with Ryan. We raced really hard together, really clean, never had any any issues, and, you know, he's a great driver. So um hate that I had to be the one to, you know, to steal it from him but um, or keep his winless, win, winless streak going. Um you know, but I'm just, you know, happy we came out on the on the right end of it today. We'll go on the back to Dan. Dan, Dan Gelson, Associated Press. Martin, how you doing? Um, Good. You, um, what stands out to you from your dad's racing career? What, what do you remember most? What was kind of like the the memorable moment to you, I guess, the formative moment to you growing up from, from watching him race? I mean, for me, you know, the biggest moment for him was winning at New Hampshire in 94. Um it was on national television, TNN back in the day. You know, they had Daryl Walter and Buddy Baker, I think, doing the broadcast with Steve Burns. And, you know, that was, you know, for me, seeing him race at that level and win at New Hampshire, Loudon was, was crazy. So uh, that was definitely his biggest racing accomplishment um, that, that he ever had. But I think for me, just, you know, the way he did it, he did it with a small – small team of guys that you know he grew up with his buddies and they just you know went and racing as a hobby and and um got pretty far with it but never had the best equipment never had the smartest people in in the series he was racing you know bush north back then there was some good guys and smart guys up there and uh i think he did good for what he had and you know but to see him win that race on tv like that was really cool for me as as a kid i was you know 14 years old and uh had just started racing myself a few years before that so that was a big deal and um, you know, I, I always knew that, you know, someday I wanted to be able to do that too. And that was really something that pushed me to be a racer. You worked with him on the clamming boat when you were a kid though too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. That... I mean, I went out on weekends when I was young just to check it out and spend time with him. And then, you know, as, as I got older in high school, I'd work weekends, um, if I could to try to make some money to race. And then out of high school, I went full time for almost two years as I was racing uh, to try to try to make it all work. So 
glad I figured out how to go fast so I can get the hell off that boat. Thank you. Are there any final questions for Martin? All right. Congratulations. Thank you all. Yep. Good luck. Thank you. Appreciate you guys.